Media Masters with Paul Blanchard. Welcome to Media Masters, a series of one-to-one interviews with people at the top of the media game. Today I'm here at Studio Works, Shepherds Bush, London, and joined by Emma Gormley, Managing Director of Daytime at ITV Studios. After five years at GMTV and three years editing Lorraine, Emma took the top job at ITV Daytime in 2015. Since joining, Emma's helped refresh and modernise all the programmes and is responsible for a whopping six and a half hours of live TV every day. Emma, thank you for joining me. Good to be here. So, Emma, six and a half hours of live TV every single weekday, does that not keep you up at night? Mm, yes, <laughs> in, in all honesty. Uh, yes and no. I mean, I would say, so it is, it's a huge, huge amount of live telly and topical telly and, you know, news and a real mix of content. In all honesty, you, you get used to it, it becomes part of your life. I can't imagine not working in live telly and knowing that if there's something happening in the outside world, if there's a big wedding, for example, or if there's um, you know a big news event, you always know how that's going to affect your day or your night. So um, you get really used to it. And to be honest, I would find it really difficult <laughs> not being part of it and not, you know, it, you, you really become, it's quite addictive, actually. You get really into it and... You know, that buzz and excitement never leaves you. I think live telly is absolutely amazing. It's great. What is it about live telly then? Is it that that sense of adrenaline, that excitement? What is it that keeps you getting up out of bed every morning? Well, it's all of those, really. I think also it's um, it's great being in it. I mean, as a researcher, producer, you know, when I, when I first started, it's just that live factor. It's really exciting. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what's going to happen during your show because we are live, so... You know, my gosh, certainly in the five years I've been doing it, the world has sometimes changed whilst we've been on air and um, and you need to reflect that. So it's a really, um, you know, there is never a dull moment, never a dull day and you start your day thinking you're going to go off in one direction and you can end up in a completely different direction. So what you have to be prepared to do is to come into work, uh, think you're going to have X, Y and Z meetings and then something happens in the world, something happens on a show, um, and you go off in a completely different direction. So you might be dealing with some press inquiries, you might be dealing with a story that's broken, you might be dealing, you know, it's a really, really large department, so it's not just on screen, it's also off screen. Um, there are 400 of us that work in daytime, so it's a really, really big, we are a really big label um, and really big, you know, uh, company and part of the business. So it's it's huge. So there is never one day the same. And we end up, you know, we, we all generally, myself and the editors and everybody that works on it, you just sort of think, my gosh, that, this is not a normal job. And that's the starting point, actually. And that's in answer to your question. It's not a normal job. It's really exciting. And I think those of us that work in it for a long period of time uh, thrive in that environment. I can see that you're excited about it, just speaking about it. It's easy to get caught up in it, actually. If there's not a typical day, then, what is a typical week? What are your your general responsibilities? I mean, 400 headcount is quite a lot. You know, what does the managing director of ITV Daytime do? I would say quite a lot, wouldn't I? (laughs) Of course. Um, So there's lots of layers to it, if I'm honest. So the the priority layer is, is what we're outputting, so what's on air. So for those six and a half hours... That's the real. That's the really important thing. So, that could be you know that we have four fantastic editors that run each of those shows, um, and they oh, are. What are the shows? The shows are uh, Good Morning Britain, Lorraine, This Morning, and Loose Women. 
So they are really four really big brands. They are household names. In their own right. Household faces and huge. If you were in a, you know, uh, worked for a... Um, you know, a marketing company, you would think that you've got four massive, big, um, you know, blue chip um, companies within that. And I think of those shows like that. I think they're amazing and they are all, you know, they've got a, a really, really high profile. Um, so it's always about the TX. It's always about the transmission. So if there is, you know, it really ranges from, you know, my role ranges from, you know, discussing with the editors what we're going to do on screen, what we're going to show on screen, if there's a problem, if somebody isn't very well, who do we need to, um, uh, you know, sit on the sofa? Um, I am available, by the way, anytime. <laughs> I'll give you my mobile at the end of this. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> leave your name, even leave your name. Um, and um, so always about the TX, that's the priority. If there's, you know, there's quite a lot of, you know, our world has really changed, I think, and certainly in the time that I've been doing the job from a social media perspective and the pressure on the show's, from that perspective, stories are made out of nothing quite often, or there's you know a huge focus on um, on a show or on a story or something we're covering. So you know you can deviate into those directions. You know we have fantastic, amazing talent on screen. So um, for me, that's a really important part of my job to make sure everybody's happy, to touch base with all of those people um, as much as I can to see them. Um, to check, yeah, to check they're happy, to make sure that we're doing um, everything we can do to um, ensure we're delivering what what they want on screen and what we want on screen. And then the other part of it is, as you said, there are 400 people. So what goes with 400 people in a business, in any company? HR, planning. Is everything, is, you know, um, making sure, you know, we, we cover stories in every part of the world. So, you know, there is... We always have to, and I always have to make sure, because it, it comes to me, that everybody's safe. There's a real duty of care, and rightfully so. So if somebody's been sent to a war zone, if somebody, if we're doing something where there's a, you know, a breakout of uh, of a disease, any of that kind of thing, we have to, you know, I have to sort of um, ensure that I'm across and to make sure that, um, you know, everybody is safe. So we make sure they get vaccinated before they go off to cover the it's disease. It's all of that. It's all of that. So we have really rigorous, um, you know, health and safety with people. And then it's, you know, it's about leadership. So for me, it's about, you know, what we do is, you know, the long days, uh, we're all very passionate. The professionalism, I would say, of everybody in daytime on and off screen is amazing. We've just seen that with the move, which I'm sure we'll talk about. So it is, it's, you know, from my perspective, it's about leading those people, leading the shows, always thinking about where we're heading. Um, what's the ambition of the show? What's the ambition of the label? Um, where's the next? Where are we looking to improve, um, increase the number of hours that we do, um, where are we going to, you know, where can we sort of commercially exploit the business and the shows in the right way? And also, you know, going back to the leadership, it's inspiring and it's making sure that people are communicated. You know, we work in the communications industry um, and it's really, really important that people are very clear with what we're trying to do, where we're heading um, and what the objectives are. So I feel very, you know, regularly we have town halls within daytime which are really big meetings which we run about three or four across a week which ensure that everybody on shift at some point in that week um, can come and hear about what we're doing and for me there are sort of 
three or four very sort of clear objectives in daytime and, and, and what we should be doing and, and how we go about doing that to, you know, our business, our currency is basically ratings. Um, we need eyeballs on screen and it's how to achieve that. That's obviously the, the, one of the main objectives is, you know, maintaining, improving and increasing our viewership and getting the shows bigger and better, which I think they have. In your first answer, it, it made me think that your your role was more of an editor-in-chief role. It was quite TX-focused, quite editorially-focused. Mm-hmm. And in that answer there, it was quite leadership and managerially-focused. Mm-hmm. It sounds to me like your role is both. And how do you choose what to focus on? Because you, you clearly have a, a huge gamut of responsibilities. Yeah, I mean, I'm not editing the shows day-to-day. And it's all, you know, I think when you're leading and managing people, I think it's all about the casting and finding the right people. So... Back to what I said is that, you know, the editors on each of the show are amazing. They've got their, um, their journalists, they, they know the shows, they know the viewers. They are doing that day to day. They don't need somebody like me um, sticking their nose in. I mean, I do at times, but it is, you know, for me, it's about that role is a sort of a collaborative role where it's what do you think about this? Should we be doing more of that? Actually, I'm not sure about that. If you've had the right people, you can kind of let yeah, them get on with it. Yeah, exactly. But also, those people also, you need a sounding board. You can't, you you know, these are really big shows and they're happening every day, five Monday to Friday, five days a week. So you always need, so I am that sounding board or I'm, you know, I've got the, I've got there in the micro of it, in the day-to-day and the running orders and I'm in the macro. So I'm, you know, I'm sort of, you know, you get a sense of whether we should be doing more of this or we need that person on or, you know, so I'm just adding an extra layer really. But they are in the day-to-day and they're brilliant. So, and, you know, people with that experience that um, and that journalistic, um, you know, the, the calibre of journalism that they're at, you don't, they're hard to find. And we've got a really amazing team. How do you keep your eyes and ears open then, despite the busyness of the day-to-day in terms of finding new talent, keeping an eye on the competition, looking at what other similar strands in different countries are doing? You know, how, where do you get your ideas from? You know, the first, I guess the first thing is... I am the viewer, so I feel, you know, I love these shows. I always wanted to work on them um, when I was younger. I, you know, I've had two maternity leaves. I've watched all of them. I know them inside out. I hope my outside life, my real world, out of the telly world, is, you know, I'm a mum. I, you know, I kind of know and, you know, I'm meeting mums at the school gates and I know what's going on and what people are talking about. Our shows are predominantly aimed, we, we aim them at everybody, we want everybody to watch them, male, female, etc. But we really, you know, the shows I would say are aimed at modern women and I hope that I'm one of them and we know who we're, who we're aiming at. So ideas-wise, they could be informal ideas, it can be what people are, are talking about at the school gates, it can be social media is really important to us, that's a real litmus test you have to take with a pinch of salt. It doesn't, it doesn't control what we do. Um, but that's a really interesting and that's a really growing, you know, certainly in the five years I've been doing, the impact of social media on the shows is really interesting. Um, and then it is, it's looking outside. It's always looking to see what other people are doing and how we can move the shows on. You know, my um, sort of one big fear is that, that shows stand still. And that's when I think viewers get bored. There always should be sort of flashes of excitement or something happening or a new face coming on or doing something in a different way. It's always about evolving and having sort of sparkles. 
basically in flashes of newness that sort of keep all of us behind the scenes interested as well as, you know, more importantly, the viewers. So that's that's what we do. And without any disrespect to kind of Frank Boff and Breakfast Time and This Morning with Anna Nick and so on, I can remember when I was a teenager that daytime TV was a bit naff. I mean, when you... And I'm not just saying this to Flatty, but when you look at the editorial levels of quality that you guys are putting out consistently, six and a half hours every day, I mean, it must be quite a pressure because standards uh, have just been driven so high that to produce that many hours every day of high-quality programming that's exciting and dynamic and is news-led it must be quite a treadmill it is a treadmill I guess but it's not a normal job it's like you know we we come into work and talk about you know it's not it's not just Megan's dress you know we were all probably watching the wedding on um on Saturday and for me I was sort of thinking about all the spin-offs that we were going to do with that so you know I think most people come to work and aren't thinking about whether it's about the nude lips or whether it's about how amazing Megan's skin is, you know, that's part of my that's part of my working life. Um, it's not always that sort of perhaps fun and um, shallow. It's also about you know, my gosh, thinking about a year ago actually, and we we're in that anniversary period at the moment with you know what happened at Manchester at the Ariana Grande concert and terrorism, and a year ago and Grenfell, all of those anniversaries coming up or, or have come up, and that was a really different you know, obviously a really, really different part of our output. That was, you know, with some of them, Grenfell, for example, you know, that was happening whilst we were on air. And, you know, obviously, you know, people that were working through the night knew that that wasn't, you know, that was that was going to be an ongoing, unfortunately, and a massive story. So the light and shade, the, you know, the lightness of, of or the, the positiveness of, of the wedding story, as opposed to perhaps some of those stories I've just mentioned, the whole mix is is again really you know for people like me for in uh, a journalistic world world are very are very seductive and you know again it's not a normal job you don't come in and and um, you know we're not filling in pieces of paper we're thinking about how you know stunts and how visually we can do something and how excited we are about this story and then just looking on social media and seeing what our viewers are excited about. Um, and doing that so we thrive in it It, we work long hours um, and you know you do need a holiday when you get to that stage but it's just the most fantastic job it's not a normal normal job and that that change every day with what's going on and reflecting that is a real buzz there's nothing there's nothing like it and I think we're surrounded there's a there's a certain type of person in television or journalism or radio that really likes that buzz that really thrives off that um, that ever-changing environment and um yeah you've got to like change to work in daytime but increasingly your shows like good morning britain and loose women are actually setting the news agenda themselves they're not kind of merely not to disparage it not just covering but they're actually creating the news so personally you know and professionally i think those shows all the shows should be doing that and um you know we are it's not just reading about what what the papers are saying we should be doing that we are you know i think that our the, the brands and the power of the shows immense um you know and again I would say what we do every day is tell stories and that's that's key to it and we want to tell compelling stories we want to touch what people are um what our audience is thinking so for us all the time it's about it's about generating that freshness and perhaps asking those questions that on other shows people don't ask so the expectation, you know, with myself and each of the editors on the shows 
is that we're really current, you know, and you don't, it's, you know, the shows aren't put to bed a week ago or 10 days ago. They're really evolving quite up to the point where we are on air and there's breaking news and something changes. So setting the agenda is very much in our sort of key principles that we should be and we should have the right guests on. We should be bold and ballsy and we should be really ambitious. So, um, and I think that's, that's really working. So thank you for saying that. So, yeah, we'd like to think that we set the agenda. Well, I had one of your editors on recently, Neil Thompson, and he was saying that the, the problem with Daybreak that you guys learned from is it felt like a, it was a conversation that the viewers weren't a part of, that they were literally just watching it in a remote way. And when, they, when you guys reformulated and rebooted Good Morning Britain, they, they made the audience front and centre and made it completely interactive so that they were part of the conversation. How do you do that? What are the mechanics? So, um, I mean, I wasn't, I didn't work on Daybreak, so I don't, I, I kind of wasn't there. I was in the, I was in the Lorraine branch of the world at that stage. I mean, I, I think, and those of us that were behind the scenes at the, the start of it, it felt very clear. So I think, you know, the word that we all had in our, our head was relevance and being relevant every day. So any show that is on at a particular time of day, so for example, breakfast, so Good Morning Britain, you know, for me and my my roots in in GMTV, where I was deputy editor, was it just always had to be relevant. It's it's always what you're waking up to, um, what's happened overnight. So you you might go to bed and watch the ten o'clock news. When you wake up, you don't need that regurgitated, and it's about the tone as well. You so you need to be waking up to something fresh. You need it's a bit of that. You know, the the, the banter's really important. The warmth. It's what people are doing. It's, you know, people aren't sitting on their sofa from 6 to 8.30 every morning watching Good Morning Britain. They could be feeding kids, having a shower, you know, finding their clothes, filling in school forms, finding plimsolls for their kids, whatever, for their PE kits. So so what we need to be, we need to do lots of different things, but we need to, um, you know, reflect, have that sort of slice of life, basically, every morning. Um, so you need to be you need you need to inform people about what's going on in the world, what the latest stories are. You need to make them laugh. You need a bit of glamour. You need a bit of showbiz, and that human interest. And it's about you know whether it's weather. Weather is really really important in our world. Um, you know, and it is. It's kind of you know all of those sort of layers, kind of you know make up a sort of a, a rounded product basically. Um, so for me, it's Justin and Neil and everybody else that's working on the show on Good Morning Britain, it is really sort of hitting, capturing those moments. It's capturing the day before a wedding. It's capturing a royal wedding. It's capturing that up, you know, that up feeling. When it's a more serious story, it's reflecting that and and saying and feeling what we're all, what we're all doing. We're not an entertainment show. It is, it's, it's, it's a topical news programme, but I describe it as a topical tabloid news programme. You refreshed and completely modernised this morning. What was the genesis behind that and how did you do it? I think that all shows need to keep going. It's, you know, it's forever evolving, forever changing. I think we need to really reflect what's going on in the outside world and that needs to sort of feed through to all our shows. So it's not about, it's not necessarily about the look of a show, although, I, you know, that's that's incredibly important because it's about a brand and it's and it's how it looks. But that isn't what, um, to be honest, um, uh, I'm not being disparaging to set designers, etc. But it's not, a set doesn't win ratings or um, the look of it. It's actually about the content. So I would say content is king. And I think every now and again shows, and you know, this is what 
what we're doing all the time. We really step back and review the shows, all four shows, a lot across a year um, and have think tanks and look at things and why are we doing this and what's the next era. So with this morning... You know, the show, it was just sort of looking at, did it really reflect what was what was happening? Did it need to be pacier? Did we need to add more content? You know, it's just reviewing, really. So it's not that there was anything wrong. It's actually just sort of modernising and, and giving it a new um, a new era, a new lease of life. And that's what we need to be doing every day. And, and every, you know, we look at shows um, at the beginning of September. That always, that feels like a quite key point where it's kind of, right, what are we going to do this term? How are we going to get into the new season? And um, so the reviewing always goes on. I think probably when I started, there'd be chunks of time where the shows weren't reviewed in that way. And now it's not like a big relaunch. It's actually, it's just evolving. And we're doing that every day. And we're doing bigger things, you know, from September, or we're doing more content or looking at running orders. And we forensically look at ratings. So as in business, ratings are our currency, so we have a within daytime we have our own audience researcher so we know exactly what's going on in all the shows every day we have we she analyzes um you know why this doesn't we if we see a dip somewhere or a peak we need to know what what you know what's caused that what's going on on the other side so we're not looking just internally at our four shows we're we're looking at what other people are doing and um the competition really we're very competitive. Uh, and it's clearly driving up quality. And when you came into this job, you started to work on the Loose Women brand. Tell us about your involvement in that show. So Loose Women is an amazing show. It must appeal to a lot of men as well. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm a closet watcher on occasion. There's a lot of people. There's a lot I've of never men admit to having it. their lunch yeah. watching Loose <laughs> yeah. Women, getting sucked into it. Um, so it's an amazing show. It is really different. All I would say all the shows, Good Morning Britain, Lorraine, This Morning, and Loose Women are different. What I think is really interesting about Loose Women, and until you sit in the morning meeting, until you immerse yourself in it, you don't know how hard it is or challenging it is when you're working on it. So everybody that works on the show, from the editor, Sally Shelford, down you know, to the programme assistant, everybody, they all make it look really easy. That show, the ladies, the Loose Women, the four Loose Women, they come in at 8.30. There may be a celebrity guest on that show, or there may not be. Generally, there is. The rest of the show is not made. Nobody knows what's going to be in that show. Part of the fun, isn't it? Yeah. So, but that's really, really hard as a as a program maker to. You've got to when you're editing that show and working on that show. You know, it's you're you're really up against it to make that show. You know, in basic, and that show is made in conference. So it's made from half past eight until half past nine, quarter to ten, when the ladies are chatting through the stories. What are we interested in today? If a story doesn't resonate with the ladies um, in the room, the four the four panelists or the three panelists and the one anchor, there's nothing to say. It's not so. We would say that doesn't then resonate with the audience. So it's a really exciting show, but it's really really tough because you are making that hour long program out of a conversation that you're having with four people in a room a couple of hours before a couple of hours before and then you're putting so you've got the conversation you know that you know the subjects you're going to talk about then you're putting the layers of production so if there are clips if you need pictures of somebody and you've got a deadline you're you know the audience are coming in at half past 11 and you're on air at half past 12 so there's no there's no time wasting. There's no time for pondering. It's it's really instant reactions. So it's a really really tough show. The you know one of our key aims of the show is 
um, it's a laugh at lunchtime. It's really, really important. So as you it said, you've watched fun. it, you just, you know, there is going to be somebody that you really disagree with on the panel. There's going to be somebody that you totally agree with, or there might be somebody that you hadn't really thought about that, but you can't believe you're agreeing with that person. So there's a really good range of subjects. There's a really great range of guests. Um, and the way it's pieced together, I just sort of think it really, really hits that note. And it's evidently hitting the note because it was once just on during term time and now it's all year round. It's commissioned all year round, which is amazing. So, yeah, it's an important part of the, the schedule and a really strong part of the schedule as well. Do you think that the audience are looking for a different relationship now with the people on screen? I mean, for example, putting Piers Morgan on Good Morning Britain was a, a brave and daring move because it could have backfired spectacularly. And in fact, the reason why he can be quite you know, he, he teases Susanna and he can be quite irksome. He's part of the reason why people watch him. I mean, I, I actually quite like Piers and, he, you know, he's not what I would call a traditional daytime news presenter, but that for me is why it works. I think, I mean, I would say all of our on-screen talent are superstars. I think they're peak time stars. I think they're amazing. I genuinely do. And they make very tough jobs look very, very easy. And they're super slick they're journalists and they are, you know, they've experienced, they've ex- they're, they're live broadcasters. You don't just go and sit on, sit on one of the sofas or behind a desk on one of these shows without having done all those air miles. There isn't, it's, it's really, really tough. And I would say you look at all of the photos of all of them together or any promo of all the shows and it's, they are all household names um, they are all, um, whether officially or, or unofficially, journalistically, really top of their game. They really know the audience, you know, and it's all about the chemistry. It's all about people being on screen. So you've mentioned Piers and Susanna, Phil and Holly, the loose women, the combination of loose women, Lorraine with her key, um, you know, uh, faces on the show, whether that's Ross or Mark. Um, it's really it's that chemistry and you don't, isn't created you can't you know sometimes you can predict it sometimes you can't but it grows um and I think across all the shows that that has grown and you know we're in a good position we're in an exciting position and what where are you going to take things I mean you've talked about the day-to-day and all the various exciting things you're up to but what's in your your mind's eye what's the your medium and long-term priorities so always to keep the shows at a really high level because that's the that is the base of the business essentially. Um, so it is always it's about ratings, it's about the success of those shows, and then I think once you've got all of that, once you've got those foundations in place, it's about growing the shows. So you can do perhaps spin-offs of shows. Um, I'm not sure how much I'm allowed to say. Or you can do, uh, you know, we've just come back from Birmingham where we've been at the NEC for four days, which was the this morning live which basically is like the ideal home exhibition, but for this morning viewers. And it's very much blended with the show. Phil and Holly are there, Eamon and Ruth are there, all of the this morning family. And it's a chance for our viewers to see um, see the talent, meet and greet the talent, have selfies with them, watch catwalk shows, go to a beauty stand, shop, it's really, really in tone with um, with what the show actually is. So that's running. Um, that's in its second year, and I, you know, we're just waiting for the final stats. But it's looking around thirty thousand people visited that show over over a four day period. So that's amazing. So that's as a brand extension, that's fantastic. 
And, you know, I hope that that is still going in, in 10 years' time. And we're in, this morning is 30 years old, this October. So, you know, it was, it's, it's, it was something to really coincide and celebrate with its, with its anniversary. Um, so I think there are some really interesting commercial things you can do with the shows. I think that we've got, I would say, within the, you know, the 400 people that work on daytime, the expertise is second to none. Um, I think our ambition is that we really know the daytime market. We're really good at, at fast turnarounds and we can we can do that. So we're looking, you know, in all honesty, we're looking at growing the business. We are, you know, we're a big production house and, you know, we're looking um, obviously within ITV but also elsewhere as well. We can, you know, it is about making other programmes, it's about getting other commissions and then it's sort of doing, you know, the commercial side of the business and also... Um, you know, uh, getting our brands out there and getting them bigger and better. I mean, you're a physically bigger production house with the recent move to what was BBC Television Centre here in Shepherd's Bush, where we're recording this. Tell us about that move and how important was that to the strategy? To be honest, we we had to move because um, our, you know, ITV HQ in London uh, was changing. So there, there wasn't an option of, of not moving. Um, but obviously when you're moving four live shows, so six and a half hours of live telly, when you're moving 400 people, it's quite a big project. Yeah, so your I options will, are limited. Yeah. So <laughs> I will probably look at moving house as just a walk in a park, to be honest, the next time I do that. But what's been really, really brilliant about this move is we've worked on it for, um, you know, 15, 16 months. Um, it's been run pretty much as a military campaign. Um, so it's really important that whilst we were moving that all of the shows we were we were on air in one part of London and rehearsing our new world in a different part of London so six and a half mi- miles apart so obviously the log- the logistics of moving four shows is immense anyway so that's four new sets that's four different ways of working it's also a really good opportunity to upgrade our technology to put all of the shows on a level playing field we're going to be here between four and five years um, I remember the gallery in the old London studios was looked like you know something out of a museum, whereas this one looks like something out of NASA. It's amazing, isn't it? We loved the London <laughs> studios. We loved absolutely. Was it too it. soon to diss the London studios? Yeah, it's too I mean, that soon, will always right? be always be in our heart and 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 all fabulous in its own way. But you know we're in a new era, and um, you know what we've been able to do here is you know we've got we've got state of the art, great technology. The studio space, which you've seen, is amazing. So all the shows felt that they were they were physically getting bigger, and had we could, we could do things that we hadn't been able to do on the shows before. So, you know, you'll see on the GMB set, there's this like fantastic curvy plasma. There's sort of a couple of different areas with bigged up weather. Um, on the love that studio. I think it's one of the best studios in the world. The yeah. new one it is genuinely fantastic. It is. It's fabulous. I love it. You haven't seen all of them yet. Uh, the Lorraine studio and the set is she has this amazing big screen behind her which splits in half which you can surprise people in um this morning has again different areas it looks you know for us it was it was ensuring that the shows people weren't waking up on the 16th of april thinking what am i watching what's happened to this morning what's happened to gmb lorraine or this or loose women it was about keeping them familiar, but actually upgrading. And, and I, I've used the term as, um, you know, uh, Botoxing them, really, and future-proofing them. So there was the, sort of the cosmetic, the studio factor, all the technology that runs behind it, new ways of working, new systems, all the new graphics, etc. 
And then, our, you know, where our studios are is in one location at Studio Works, and our office space, where 280 people work, is up the road in Westwork. So again, it's kind of, it's working out the systems. You know, what I said to people was, it will feel like a new job. It's in a completely different part of London. We're working in different ways. We're really modernising and upgrading everything. It will feel like a new job, and we're six weeks into it now um and i think it does feel like a new job but it feels really good it feels a good place to be and is there any truth to the uh, the claims that piers morgan has made on twitter and on air in the first few minutes of the new gmb here in the studios that you move the entire operation just to be near his house because we are actually only about four minutes away from his front door i can categorically say that's a total lie <laughs> it was piers wouldn't like me to say this it was nothing to do with him I think I think that challenge has been made clear. <laughs> Where do you see any threats coming, in a sense? Is it technology? Is it the audience deserting to another channel? Is it them deserting to apps and social media? You know, what, what are the actual challenges? I think in the short term, I think the daytime... I think we're in a different space to other times of the day, if I'm honest. So I think, you know, in peak, it's, you know, that's an incredibly competitive area you know with uh watching you know telly in a different way not watching you know we all know that we watch telly in a different way and our kids are watching in a different way in daytime you know i would say that our shows are up year on year across the board so we're not at such an acute threat but it's there so we are always looking at, you know, social media is a really, really important part of our day-to-day, to be honest, and how the show works. So what we have done is to increase our social media sort of headcount and the number of people that are working on it, we have taken sort of, we've, we've, we've taken the sort of perhaps the traditional, some of the traditional producer roles out and put social media producers in that. Um, so we kind of, I feel that we're kind of navigating and 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 moving on as, as fast as we can. The daytime viewer is is very loyal, but there's no resting on your laurels. We are up against stiff competition everywhere, and it's not just uh, other terrestrial channels. It is, it is everywhere. So again, you know, for us, it's about, um, of course, it's about sort of technology, but it's also, it goes back to the original, um, my original point is that content's king. It's about relationships with our presenters, are um, who they're interviewing, who's on the sofa, um, who they're chatting to, that it's relevant that day, that you you can't, you know, you're not going to go out, you're going to miss your bus because you cannot miss that interview. That's the name of the game for us. It's all about that content. My gosh, I you know, I can't predict what will what will happen in, in 10 years' time. This morning is 30 years old uh, in October. Incredible. Still going really, really strong. It feels, um, you know, it feels in a, an incredible place. So I hope to be, um, that we will be discussing its 40th anniversary in 10 years' time, So, which I'm sure we will. If you don't mind, let's talk about yourself for a few minutes. What's been your personal journey here in terms of your career? How did you start out? And what advice would you give to someone who's inspired listening to this podcast, who's starting out on their career, that maybe wants your job in 15, 20 years from now, whenever you're ready to leave, we're not encouraging a coup? (laughs) What do you know? (laughs) Um, I always really loved breakfast television as a child. It sounds a bit geeky. Um, So I was a huge fan of breakfast television. I loved This Morning. As a teenager, Richard um, and Judy. Richard and Judy. Legends. I that was my dream to work on that show, um, and I used to write letters quite early doors. Um, and then I went into a more traditional. I went to university, 
and I did lots of I did lots of work whilst I was at university. I used to work for the local radio. Um, you know, I immersed myself in that. I did. I, you know, I was probably a bit swatty in that way, but I felt quite focused that I was always wanting to work in um, in broadcast journalism. And then I did a postgrad course, so I trained as a journalist, as a radio reporter, um, and worked in local radio not for not for loads of time because I didn't I never really wanted I didn't ever want to be on screen a radio presenter I wasn't I wasn't interested in any of that um I was really happy to work behind the scenes and just wanted to well my initial job was I just wanted to be a researcher all I wanted to be was a researcher on um this morning so I used to write letters so anyway I did my postgrad course worked in local radio as a journalist which basically paid off my overdraft and student loans and all that kind of thing and then kept applying to the BBC to get onto a trainee uh, researcher uh, scheme or to get a job. So I eventually got a job. I didn't get it on this morning. I got a job on Good Morning with Anne and Nick, so on the opposite side. Um, I did lots of work experience at this morning and on all those shows at the time and then eventually got this researcher job at the BBC and then worked on that for a couple of years and then really loved GMTV and just thought, my God, I just really want to work on that show. I want to move to London. I want to work on that show. Again, really persistent in <laughs> taking time off, going to work on GMTV um, when I had a week off, doing putting the hard graft in, if I'm honest, which I still think you have to do. Spending a week of your holiday working on the show, getting to know people, applying for every job and eventually I landed a job as a producer at so, GMTV. Incredibly kind of disciplined ambition at that point there, applying yourself. Yeah, literally. and there are there are really different ways in. You know, my gosh, we work with fantastic people and you can see that our programme assistants are runners and you know I look at them and think, God, you'll be my boss one day. You can you can see in people. So that's you know, that's one way of getting in. My way was sort of quite a traditional you know, a stepping stone way and, you know, becoming a researcher, becoming an AP, getting to a producer level. Um, and then at, at GMTV, I, you know, I was really lucky. I loved that environment. I loved the show. I worked with amazing people and um, left, came back, uh, then became deputy editor there, had babies in between. Um, and then, you know, just um, started, I edited the Lorraine show, which I com- which completely loved. And then, my gosh, this job came up, so it was amazing. A dream come true. What's next? Boss of ITV, generally? Oh, my gosh, I don't think so. <laughs> I'm really happy with what I'm doing at the moment. Oh, Who, I know you how are. Can but... <laughs> you, how could you get a job? You know, I come in and you know what I talk about every day. My gosh, it's amazing, so... Um, but who knows? It's a really uh, the tough thing is it's a really hard job to match. What other job would you do that you get to work with, you know, on-screen and off-screen talent like this never you know your day's never the same it's you know I thrive in it I completely love it so long may it last what's been the best day of your career so far what's the thing you've done that you're most proud of the thing that springs to mind I mean gosh there are lots of things um because I always think I genuinely think that you can do anything so I have that I am uh, you know uh, 100% optimistic hopefully about life in general but I I think what we've just been through, actually, I think moving four shows and actually for everything to work on day one. It's an achievement in itself. Yeah, to move from, you know, uh, one part of London, SE1, on a Friday and be broadcasting live there on a Friday. And then over the weekend, it wasn't like magic or, or fairy dust that was sparkled. It was a hell of a lot of hard work. And then on the Monday, to broadcast all four shows... 
um, on that day for everybody to be completely up to, up to speed, to have an amazing team that structured that and organised it. And actually, yeah, to do that is, for me, is, is a real achievement. And it was only the night before that I had the collie wobbles about it and just thought, what about if it's just six and a half hours of black holes on ITV, then obviously I, I may not have been here on the Tuesday. But it it's worth six out. and a half hours of... Do you remember the old Batman when there was the strikes at TVAM? Yeah. And that's what really got Batman yeah. popularised. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back it in could the have day. been... Who knows what it could have been. But anyway, so I think... I think that, and just, you know, there were proud moments all the time. There were real achievements about what we did, you know, at the weekend, this morning live event. I can't believe I'm standing there looking at this stage and thinking, my God, 30,000 of our viewers have come to this event, have travelled from Northern Ireland or Scotland or from wherever to come to this event. So I think that's that's amazing. That started off a couple of years ago as, do you think we could do it? And we've done it. So... I love that vibe. I, I just like sort of thinking about what we can do next, really. And I'm surrounded by people that all feel like that as well. You know, the editors, the head of production, Helen Colleen, everybody. We've got that vibe and it's kind of, and that ambition and drive, really. Emma, this has been very enjoyable indeed. Thank you. Thank you. Nice to meet you. A Right Angles podcast in association with Big Things Media.